Welcome to Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. Your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel, and you are at Laurel's Real Money Talks podcast. Welcome back. And today we're going to talk about a variety of just money currency conversations. You know, Trump has said uh, many times he's going to be increasing our interest rates. We saw, uh, you know, a very, very small jump, really nothing to be affected, uh, given all the other initiatives that he's paying attention to now. My prediction is if we see it, it won't happen till late summer, fall. And I uh, have Weldon Wolstein with me now. He's my CFO, uh, very senior tax strategist, and want his uh, to weigh in on this opinion on what's going to happen when the interest rates go up, what happens to our currency, what happens to gold, and uh, what do you, the consumer, need to be aware of and watch out for. So welcome, Weldon. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. So let's just talk about, I mean, just Trump in general, right? I mean, what do you, (laughs) (laughs) I know everybody laughs. So what I love about him is that he's a pure-blooded entrepreneur just like us and a wealth builder. And, um, but he's also, you know, got his hand deeply into Wall Street. So as he mentions uh, raising interest rates, what's your kind of comment or thought on when do you think that's going to happen and what's going to happen? Well, I mean, I think he's got a lot of stuff on his plate, but I do think interest rates are going to go up. Um, you know, they've been artificially low for a quite a while. Um, so I think it is going to happen exactly when that does happen. Um, it's going to also kind of depend on the, the strength of our economy and making sure that our economy can handle that, in, that increase. And um, because the housing market is very reliant on that low increase, uh, low interest rate. But um, let's assume that he does increase them, which is, I think, I think you're right in your prediction that they're going to go up. Um, maybe not a huge dollar amount. Mm-hmm. Maybe over a couple of years, it'll be slowly ticking up. Um, but probably for most of the consumers, the biggest thing and the first thing that they're going to see uh, is a change in their credit card debt. Their credit card interest rates are going to start going up. And, and there's yeah. not a lot of notice on that. That's just they're no, they'll, gonna... they'll just be get a letter and saying, hey, congratulations, we've increased your, your, you know, your interest rate on in your credit card. Yeah. And um, thank you for more money. Yes, exactly. And so, I mean, not just the credit cards, but I mean, that's because so being aware of that when these interest rates do go up, I mean, making sure that you have, you know, are paying attention to your credit card debt and that's, mm-hmm. you're not letting it get out of hand. Um, the second thing that a lot of the consumers will see, and it's pretty immediate, uh, is purchasing the car loans or cars. Right now you can go out and buy a car for 0%, 0.9%. Yeah. I mean, that's a $50,000 loan at a really inexpensive cost. Yep. That's going to go away. Um, so those two things happen pretty fast. Um, then, uh, everybody's always concerned about the mortgages and mm-hmm. obviously because it's a, it's a big part of our economy. I mean, the real estate's a huge part of our economy and if our mortgage rates go up, um, we're going to see a slowdown in that mm-hmm. and hopefully it's not a big enough slowdown, slowdown to, in the purchasing, of, in the real purchasing of the real estate and, yep. the, you know, investment in the real estate, other things going into the real estate, um, people even just purchasing their homes. Um, but so they do have to be a little bit careful with that, but kind of my prediction is they'll probably just ink it up a little bit, maybe a quarter point at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things a lot of people don't realize is that even if the interest rates don't go up or it's not going up, 
um, anytime soon. The banks are anticipating it going up. Yeah. So they're already slowly increasing those, those rates. I mean, you'll, you'll watch that. It may not be a quarter of a point or may not be a, a big jump, but maybe it's a, an eighth of a point mm -hmm. or it's a, you know, 16th of a point. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, you know, getting ready for those, those increases because they're paying attention to the, you know, the economics and the economy and how strong it is and how strong the market is. You know, they watched inflation. So they're paying attention to all this stuff. But um, with the mortgages, again, that's where a lot of people will, will feel it. And, and that's probably going to get the most publicity mm -hmm. because, again, that's probably the biggest sector that is really affected by it. And is it going to be harder to get mortgages as the insurance the interest rates go up? Well, what happens is because if the interest rate goes up, your payment goes up, qualifying for the mortgage, you know, that um, that you could have to have a, a more of a disposable income mm -hmm. to qualify for it. Um, hopefully it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to work is the economy is supposed to be strong. So people are making more money. So that gap grows and then that it just is taken up slowly by the mm -hmm. additional interest. Um, but yes, it could make it more difficult for somebody, especially the self-employed people, um, to get that loan. So, I mean, again, that's where, and a lot of my clients come in and say, well, I want to pay as little tax as possible, but I'm also wanting to refinance my house. Mm -hmm. And, that, and those two things are very difficult sometimes to coincide. So explain that. Explain why so, that's true. Yeah, what happens is if we want to pay a low tax, we have a low adjusted gross income. So we try to take as many deductions as possible. We, you know, I know accel this game. accelerate expenses. But then we get this great, you know, tax return. They maybe pay a, you know, 15% net tax. And then they take it to their mortgage broker or their bank and say, oh, yeah, by the way, I want a $500,000 refinance on them. And they just get laughed out of the, the office. Mm-hmm because they don't have enough income on that tax return to qualify for that mortgage. They might have cash in the bank, but the mortgage, the mortgage broker or the mortgage company says they don't really care. They want to see they've, especially after the crash, they've now have little check boxes that they've got yep. to tick off. If you have a W2 check. Yes. Okay, good. I mean, if they go through this thing yep. and it's really, it's really funny because they, they really don't pay attention to it. They're just going through and checking it's out. Automatic. Boxes. Yeah, it is just robotic. It is. Yeah. I mean, and so, um, so that's something that you really have to be aware of, and especially if you're, I mean, so, and this is where you have to plan these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're looking to refinance or if you're looking to buy a home or buy another investment property, I mean, we need to take that in consideration on when you're doing your tax return or when you're doing, when you do your tax return, because they look at the tax return. That's Unfortunately. One of the things, one of the things, well, yeah, they used to remember when they didn't even Un look at it. Yeah. Non-stated income. Uh, yeah. You could just yeah. say, oh yeah, I make $400,000 and show them money in the bank and Check, done deal. Well, a lot of people actually didn't make that $400,000. Yep. Um, and probably didn't have that much money in the bank. Uh, and the property really wasn't appraised at the level. No. And so there are a lot of, obviously, a lot of issues. Yeah. And so part of the, the this reaction is to stop that and not allow that to happen again. I mean, and obviously, they went way far over to one direction and made it really difficult for anybody who was maybe self-employed mm -hmm. to get it. And, I mean, we're starting to see that loosen a little bit. But uh, it's still, it's really interesting just to see the check boxes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got a client now that they, they've, he owns his own company, his 1120S, and his 1120S lost a ton of money, but he's got a giant W-2 because he wanted to refinance. And yes, it's not necessarily the best tax strategy, but he was able to refinance and went through. There's no problems, no questions. Because of the big W-2. Because of the big W-2. Yeah, I know. So that is going hand in hand. So um, interest rates, first they'll see it in their credit cards. Uh, they'll see it in, uh, you know, their vehicles if they uh, decide to purchase them and then mortgage. What's, uh, what is the interest rate? So just kind of describe for our listener the interest rate 
and gold balance and how that you know works out. So a lot of people are heavily into gold currencies or other even other currencies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're heavily affected by interest rates. So I mean, it's it, gold and the value of the dollar and the interest rates. All these things are really kind of intertwined. Um, so if interest rates are low, um, gold's going to be a better option because one, it's a little less expensive than the um, fixed investments and bonds. Um, you know, aren't going to be paying back as much, mm-hmm. um, and then. But we also, so you also need to then also consider the value of the dollar and where it is and watching these fluctuations. So if the dollar's strong, the gold price is probably not going to be, or it's probably going to be dropping because there's not as much demand for it. Mm-hmm. Now, if our dollar is strong, which means we then have a higher interest rate, so that's where this interest rate starts to correlate with the, um, the currency then and we watch, we can watch the I mean you can watch day to day with the dollar how it's doing against other currencies that will create whether it creates the demand or a you know supply extra supply of the gold mm-hmm. back and forth and so that's really where we're kind of watching it um, and then we also the other things we have to bring in is we have to bring in in inflation um, you know and so when the inflation comes in. Um, you know, we have the, I mean, obviously with inflation is where the cost of living goes up mm-hmm. versus what we're having now. And if we keep our interest rates relatively or artificially low, we're going to see an inflationary period, yep. which is what they're doing right now. And so that's probably the, honestly, the biggest risk I think we have is big, is seeing an inflationary period, like a large inflationary period. And so that's why I think they're going to start increasing those interest rates. So I get to ask though. So uh, although the interest rate was artificially low, would you also then tie that to uh, an artificial seeming growth in the economy? And the reason I say that is because uh, salaries have not really increased. You know, I mean, everybody's fighting for a new minimum wage, but really, the you know the income growth isn't keeping up with the inflation growth or any of the other. It's it's an interesting. No, I mean, and, and, and yeah, same thing. You come back to the, you know, we've had a record low unemployment rate, mm-hmm. but the jobs that are coming into the after the unemployment are they jobs that anybody really wants? They're no, they're they're lower paying income jobs, mm-hmm. and so you're struggling probably more because now you're having to work a longer periods to make that money. Um, so yeah, and then if we have you add the cost of living, if that goes up, um, then I mean, it's even even worse to mm-hmm. worse effect on that, and so um, yeah, it's a. I don't think there's necessarily one answer to solve the whole thing. I mean, what the whole idea of this is, if it if it piques your interest, pay attention to it, because I mean, nobody ever paid attention to it. I mean, like you know, we had kind of talked about the because another idea is Trump's probably going to loosen some of the regulations. Yep. So we talked Frank, about, right? we Let's talk about, about that. Some of these yeah. things that they they're going to loosen, and w- whether they completely do away with it or whether they just modify it, um, if you get rid of the regulation, the stock market and the Wall Street's going to probably love it because one, they're going to make a ton of money. Well, they're going to create all sorts of creative well, new products well, yeah, like I they mean, did in two thousand five, six, and seven. Which it will be also interesting because most of the investors will love it because they're going to start making some giant returns. Yep. But there's always one thing that happens is somebody's always going to be holding the bag when it drops, because making these creative prod, you know, products are, are great and a good idea, but a lot of times they are. I mean, they can be 
riddled with problems or issues or or maybe not necessarily they don't have the financial backing that's what I, yeah they don't have the know, asset back that that really will protect it if it, you know something bad does happen mm-hmm. if we see a downturn in the economy and so i mean when you do look at some of these alternative investments and especially the things these that are made into different securities make sure you understand what you're getting into make sure that they have a you know good financial backing i mean it's for me, it's kind of fun to watch these companies and how they get valued. I mean, they get valued. I mean, they get valued off of something, and you look at their balance sheet and their assets, and they they don't even have anything. I mean, they shouldn't be valued at their, their value. Yet their stock prices is going up. I mean, it's it it is a it can be a fun it can be a fun roller coaster to pay attention to, but you, you really need to pay attention to it. So you know, we're all off Wall Street. I mean, that's my whole theme is off Wall Street wealth and how to create it. So. A lot of these are market-driven products. So if you stay out of the market, right, you do real estate, gas and oil franchise, you own, you know, the businesses in your community or, you know, around your country, um, is that a better place, safer place to stay for those that are listening? Because I'm with you. I think if it doesn't pique your interest, I would say keep your head in the sand, but do not, you know, complain and cry about it when everything goes because you don't know what you're doing. So the entire you know conversation is to you to get in the conversation and learn more. Um, but back to my question, isn't off Wall Street assets, um, A, the fees tend to be less, highly disclosive versus the Wall Street, you know, products. So, that so one, of, one of my things that was is really key is you want to know who the team that runs the company is. So are you able to call up Walmart and go to their board meeting? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Probably, probably, well, some people might. Yeah, some people but, might. But probably not. I mean, so you do, really don't know what's going on in that company. Whereas if you're looking at something that maybe is an alternative, I mean, whether it's a, a you know, a business in your own community or if it's, a you know, some other franchise or the oil and gas, can you call them up and talk to them? Ask them questions. Sit down with them. I mean, these are things. So by doing that, mm-hmm. you're, you're creating your, your due diligence. You're basically going through this list mm-hmm. of, okay, well, I've met with them. They, I mean, you ask them questions and ask them. I mean, you should always be able to ask somebody a hard question. And they might not know the answer, but they should be able to get you the information to satisfy your question. If they're not, then it might not be the best place for you to put your money. Correct. You know, and that's that. It, I agree. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, of the uh, stock market either because – you're trusting an advisor. <laughs> you're trusting an advisor who probably makes less than you do because they're usually on commissions. Yep. But you're trusting them that they've done their research on this, either mutual fund or the stock, that they know this. Which really, to me, doesn't make too much sense. Well, and let's be honest, well, then they mostly, like if you're a Fidelity advisor, you're selling Fidelity products. Right. So you went to a two-hour class to learn about this bond and this fund and then you're just supposed to sit and you right. know tell anybody who walks through the door that that's the perfect plan because it's their own products. That's right. so consistent. But it's shocking how many millions and millions and millions and millions and millions, not just Americans, but people just trust that advisor model. Well, and not just that, but can you talk to the you know the fund manager? Right. Can you call them up and say, hey, you know, what are you doing? What stocks are you buying? And you know that they take all their fees on the front, where off Wall Street assets takes it on the back, or with the investor on the mm-hmm. on the uh, depletion times. So I mean, and that's that's key. I mean, I think the stock market is for some people. I mean, I've got clients that love it, and they are pay attention to it, and they're looking up stuff and they're researching stuff. But if you don't have that time to research it, you need to come up with your list of what your requirements mm-hmm. are, and you have to pay attention to it. 
or you have to at least make, you know, do your research in the beginning, talk to people, you know, meet with them, ask questions. Well, like we say, be active, right? Passive and active. You can't just park it and pray and then hope it all works out. So in this, you know, changing time of the new administration, I'll go back to interest rates, the gold, just our currency. What advice would you have for someone uh, in addition to paying attention and starting to learn and get involved in the conversation? What other just straight kind of street advice? What should they be watching for? So, I mean, some of the things right now is if you have any kind of variable mortgage or interest rates, think about fixing them. Um, you know, look mm-hmm. at your credit card debt, make sure that they are, you know, what they can cap out on that long little booklet that everybody gets and everybody <laughs> reads. Um, there's some rules in there of what they can do and how much they can raise mm-hmm. it. Um, so look at that and know that. So you at least are prepared and you understand what's going on. Um, you know, if you have, again, any kind of interest, I would try to fix it. Looking at now one of the, as far as kind of looking at the currency and or um, like the gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are interested in having a physical asset, um, you know, watch the market and pay attention to it. And then, you know, there'll be from day to day that it fluctuates. And, you know, if we see an increase in the interest rate or whatever, I mean, you can, I, I, I believe in actually owning physical gold or physical silver between owning just like a fund of it. Right. Um, because when I just like to hold it, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Okay. Um, you know, I do own some of it, but I own it more for like just, it's not a true money-making endeavor for me. Right. Um, you know. Because you can't exchange. I mean, you can exchange it in gold shops and, right. you know, on the market exchange. But there, you can't go to a restaurant and eat with it. No. Yeah. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> it would be a circle. That's yes. what's interesting, too, about, like, the Bitcoin people. Technically, and, I could. But yeah. do you think that? I don't think they would take it. I don't it. think they would take it because most of the people that work there wouldn't know what to do yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, you know, the only currency I know how to exchange for a commodity like that would be uh, diamonds in South Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, you can pretty much go anywhere and they'll take those no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. But also that's, you know, interesting culture. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. All right. So thank you for being with us. Those of you that are out there, again, ask any question, challenge our content. Go to asklaurel.com. Give us your name, phone number, and email and ask a question and or uh, ask for an appointment. We'd love to support you in learning your conversation, starting your due diligence, and understanding what you have. And those of you that are heavy in the market, we uh, do have an opportunity for you to load your portfolio and just do a scenario of looking at your fees and taxation. And not that you want, you know, we're suggesting you change it, but I think most of you don't know what you're actually paying. So start paying attention and uh, stay tuned with uh, myself and other guests and our content here at Laurel's Real Money Talks, where we're talking about the real stuff that's going on. And say the Trump administration is giving us a lot of good stuff to talk about. So we'll be back. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Walden. Sure thing. Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L dot com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.